Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. And I'm Ryan Zook. The college basketball season is over, which means it's officially the offseason, and that brings about a lot of questions for Jawan Howard and the Wolverines. We tackle those, plus some football news, some softball news, and more on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, Ryan, no Aaron here uh, today. He's on vacation this week. I'll be doing the same next week, but happy to be here talking with you, Ryan. Man, when do I get my vacation? Great question. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I see. Okay, have you always had those that golf ball display in the background, little sports memorabilia for for Ryan? Yeah, Zook. probably in the last month or so, I put it up there, and so added uh, a few balls. Still, still a work in progress, but uh, we're getting there. What it, what does it represent? I mean, particular. I mean, some not, of those the. Aren't, uh, Holes in ones, there's too many of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if there was one out there for a hole in one, it would be one too many. But uh yeah, a couple of uh the really nice courses that I've played, a couple of my uh favorite sports teams, and one from like the, the Volva Championship when I when I covered that in Ann Arbor a couple of years ago. So very nice. Uh the Masters starts today. I am not a golf fan. I mean, I'm not I have no problem with it, I just don't watch it on TV and I, you know, I only play, you know, a few times a year, but I was wondering, Ryan, did you see, you know, we're always talking about these, these sports betting apps. One of them had a prop bet for a particular golfer to hit the fairway with his first drive of the day. Did you see that? Did you take that the the Dustin Johnson one? Yes. Yes, I did. It was was boosted, uh, which means that, you know, the odds that it normally would be, they were giving you supposedly better odds. I don't know how, you know, so I took it because it was even money instead of like, you know, paying you out 30 cents on the dollar or something but i i did look he tees off at 10 30 it's gonna be while we're recording i'm gonna miss it his yeah. opening tee shot i should try to call it up on an app for a lot a live call of dustin johnson's first tee shot well you probably know his game is he is he is he likely to hit the fairway with this thing is he straight Keeps yeah it, the fairway, it, it depends deal? hopefully he just hits a hits an iron off the tee oh, i mean right. he has good length and he just hits it in the fairway to, to get off started or he doesn't <laughs> go driver so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens but yeah i mean to, to win the masters you have to hit fairways more than 50 percent of the time so I, I like her chances it definitely doesn't guarantee that we win this bet but we'll, we'll see all right very good uh you know, I'm vaccinated. I feel like this is just, let's just get the, the important news out of the way right away. I got, well, my first shot, at least. Uh, I got the second one coming up later this month. I know Aaron got it again, same day as me, just, you know, just very recently. Ryan, I hope you're coming up soon. Friday. There tomorrow. we go. Oh, yeah, that's tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. That's tomorrow. tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I, I, I hope the same for our listeners out there. If you haven't gotten it, 
just get it. I mean, there's no reason not to. I don't know. I have a friend that that's still kind of against it. He's not a listener, so he's not going to hear this. But yeah, I try to I try to keep pushing him towards towards getting it. But so be it. We're getting we're getting closer to to recording this podcast in person. I know. Maybe I don't know. And, and some so podcast we, beers too. There you go. All right, let's get to the topics we actually promised our listeners on this episode. First and foremost, uh, you know, regarding the Michigan men's basketball team, the off season is upon us. There are questions. We we touched on these a little bit last week, but let's go into them more in depth. First, seniors can return next year. They do not count again they did not count against eligibility this season and won't count against the scholarship limit should they stay at their program next season. That's that's the big second piece of this. Michigan has five players that could possibly take advantage of that. One has already said he's not. Mike Smith, he's going to he's going to try his hand in the NBA, 5 foot 11. And I'm not counting him out because he was he was he was undersized in high school. He was undersized for the Ivy League. He was undersized for the Big Ten. And he performed very well at all of those stages. A guy can shoot like that, you know, pass like that off of ball screens. I am not ruling out. I'm not going to be the one that's going to count out Mike Smith. Is he going to get drafted? That that would be a huge stretch. But it's it's not a it's not a huge surprise that he's leaving. I mean, he's had five years in college. He was a graduate transfer when he came to Michigan. But I will say this: he was probably he probably had the most to gain, right? I mean, would you would you agree with that, Ryan? As far as uh, among Michigan seniors wanting to come back, just because he only had that one season at the Big Ten level here, I could I could do a second season and really show what I can do. You know, maybe even have a little more bigger role with with Michigan next year and. Yeah, just show you know show NBA teams what I what I can do uh, another full season at the Big Ten level, and yet he's going. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I I see where you're coming from, but I mean next year it could be a much different looking team, different players, and having to develop new chemistry with with new guys. And I guess there's always a risk when when you do decide to come back that either injuries or a dip in performance. But I mean, right. yeah, I mean he definitely definitely could have improved his stock, but uh, I mean it is like you said, he's already had five years in college, so it's another one would be would be a lot. I think he's like twenty three years old. There's no, and, and when I say he had the most to prove, I, I guess my point is, if he's not coming back, why would Shondi Brown, Eli Brooks, Isaiah Livers, Austin Davis, like that? They, they have even less, you know, to gain or to prove. So I just I just wouldn't expect anyone to do it. I would definitely not think something like a player's legacy or their love for Michigan is going to, is going to affect that decision. That leads me into the next thing, which is who might leave early for the NBA. And there's really two candidates, right? There's Hunter Dickinson, big 10 freshman of the year, second team, all American. And there's Franz Wagner, second team, all big 10 and projected first round pick in many, many mock drafts that I'm seeing. That's the thing. Projected first round picks usually go. I mean, it's far it's far, far more likely, more frequent that guys who are projected to go in the second round or, or that actually do go in the second round or go undrafted leave school early than guys that are projected to be first round picks stay. That, that's what I'll say if you're thinking about Franz Wagner here. It's much more likely that guys overvalue themselves and you got a bunch of guys that end up with eligibility remaining in college who don't get picked than guys that you know were were projected as first round picks that end up coming back for a year. I mean, it just it just doesn't really happen in college basketball. So, and I'm not saying there there aren't stars that don't come back for for another year or two. I mean, Luca Garza, National Player of the Year candidate, you know, then or, or, or winner in some cases comes back for his his senior year at Iowa. But 
his draft stock, he was never viewed really as a first round pick, no matter what he did. So he was in a different, a different boat, I guess. Again, Franz Wagner is not going to come back necessarily just because, you know, he thinks Michigan can have a great season or because he wants to, you know, match what his older brother did or anything like that. It's going to, he's going to make the best decision he thinks for him. So that'll be interesting to watch. I mean, if, so again, just based on the numbers and projections, I would expect him to leave and others that are making predictions about preseason rankings for next year are, are making that same assumption. Hunter Dickinson, I think probably, probably stays, you know, another yeah, year under I, Juwan. I saw, I saw that you, uh, you mentioned it in your, in your story about the, the biggest questions Michigan's facing this offseason that, that Dickinson isn't really popping up on, on many mod drafts. Is that because uh, the assumption that he is coming back or is there just a lot more development that needs to be done before he can, kind of cement himself as an NBA prospect because I mean as we saw this year he's got the size and he's got the athletic ability but is there more to his game that needs to to be improved upon to kind of get into that uh, draft destruction I think so I mean I think it's more that because I think projections are going to be made based on whether they think a guy will be taken they don't they don't rule a guy they don't make a decision for the guy until until he's until he's announced one way or the other I mean you know you watch basketball the modern NBA is not really a back to the basket center that, you know, doesn't play on the perimeter at all. I mean, they exist to a certain extent, but I think that's where Dickinson can improve is his outside shooting touch. He took four three pointers. That's it all season. And they were all pretty early in the season. You know, every yeah, other I game. I don't recall any coming. Yeah. Coming every, recently. No, every other game. It was, it was one of those things where, again, if we had like open locker room, you know, it, it would just be an awkward question to ask him in the zoom. It wasn't that important, but you know, you could see, and it, I probably know the answer. You could see early in the season, every other game, he'd take like one and I want to go in. And, you know, he, he he was talking about it. I just need to see that first one go in. And then Michigan just cut it out of its offense. So, like, <laughs> we can't – this is a possession that we're essentially – a three that he's taking is is a two-pointer that he's not taking or a three that Isaiah Livers isn't taking. And they just, they just cut it out for efficiency's sake. You know, he continued to take mid-range jumpers now and then, though even, even that, you know, those – decreased as the season went on. So I think that's what they want to see. You know, he, he, he talked all season about the, um, the coaching he got from, from Jawan Howard. And, you know, I think, I think another, another season of that would be expected. I mean, you know, guys, guys blow up and exceed expectations, you know, coming out of high school. And he was, he was someone who did that, but generally speaking, the guys who are one and done were the top, you know, in the top 10, 15 in the recruiting class. And he was not, he was more like 40. So that would be, that would be a surprise. And that's where, that's where Iggy Brasdakis was, you know, when he went pro, but again, that was a little, a little bit of a different situation, you know, just a different personality and everything. So that's something to watch. I mean, that's, that's what we're looking at here. Are any of the seniors going to decide they're going to come back? Um, are any of these NBA decisions, you know, it, it, it's pushed back a little bit. The draft is in like late July this year instead of late June, but it's not, it won't be pushed back as much as it was last year. So, you know, we should get answers on that. And yeah, and then Michigan, we're talking about guys that might leave, but there might be guys that are coming in besides the, the six freshmen uh, that are make up the number one recruiting class in the country. And that's of course transfers, hitting, the, hitting that transfer portal, which is as full as it's ever been. You know, the thought is that guys won't have to sit out, even even non-grad transfers, that a rule will be passed to allow them to play immediately. Even if there's not a blanket rule, they could still apply for a waiver and get one. And yeah, so if, they, if you know, Eli Brooks doesn't come back, 
Now Michigan's backcourt is Zeb Jackson, who played sparingly last year, Frankie Collins, freshman, you know, just, just not ex- inexperienced guys. Do they turn to the transfer portal to, to try to find the next Mike Smith for this team? Or, you know, they lose Austin Davis. Now the only big man they have is, is Hunter Dickinson and, and then an incoming freshman. All right. Maybe they look for another big body along the front line. Like there, there's a lot of ways they can go with that transfer portal. So that that's just another thing, thing to watch with this Michigan basketball team. So yeah, what, what's Michigan's scholarship situation then like next year? Because I mean, obviously the, the seniors, if they come back, they won't count against the limit. But uh, I think you mentioned that even if, without counting the seniors, they're they're pretty much at uh, at the max heading into next year if everyone expected to return returns and, and all the freshmen come from the campus is expected. Uh, yes, they are at 13 with the, the six freshmen and seven returners. I mean, that, that counts Dickinson and that counts Wagner. So they would be at that limit. And, you know, I said the seniors don't count, but that's only true for the guys that are still in the program. So they don't matter in this case, but you can't, can't bring in a, a you know, a senior graduate right. for any, and, and think he's not going to count. He would. So yes, they're at a full number, but I mean, Franz would open up a spot. Dickinson would open up a spot. Um, a transfer would open up a spot. I mean, programs have two or three every single year. You know, Michigan had three last year. I mean, I don't know. Speculating on particular guys, I mean, is pretty obvious to anyone. You know, look at the guys who didn't play last year, and that's, you know, a handful of freshmen. And, you know, it's it's Adrian Nunez. But, you know, is Nunez going to leave for his senior year? I mean, he didn't play much as a you know, freshman or sophomore and he, and he stuck around, you know, it's tough. Not, we didn't talk to him all year, uh, you know, locker room was never open and he wasn't a contributor. So we never got him before, you know, between games or after games, but yeah, I mean, there's no reason to believe he, he's going to go and, and, you know, same, same for the freshman, but you just, you just don't know, but yes, that's a great point. Cause that's the only way that that spots open up is if, is if, you know, that happens, but if they don't happen, Michigan isn't is in such a dire need to, you know, to, to find grad transfers because they, they'll, they'll feel like they've got their roster set. I mean, yes, they'd be, they'd be young in the backcourt, but they'd have a, a senior in Brandon Suns Jr., a junior All-American candidate in Franz Wagner, sophomore in Hunter Dickinson. So they'd be, they'd be very happy with, with where they're at. And, you know, again, those assumptions are being made by the people that are projecting Michigan to be as high as number two in the country, you know, going into next season. Um, that's where they were in several outlets, uh, you know, that I wrote about in a roundup this morning for Live. So yeah, those are the big questions facing the, the Michigan men's basketball team. I've been in full, definitely national championship. All right. Now, <laughs> what are the big questions into next year for, for basketball? Yeah, when I ask you about, hey, what's been going on in some of these other sports, there are genuine questions because you know I've been I've been seeing some of your stories, but I have not I have not kind of flipped that switch yet to okay, now let me start incorporating a little more football and you know other sports into my into my life personally and professionally. So let's start let's start with football. Spring practice is underway. Yes, um, uh, underway almost almost over almost this over. Is, almost. I assume you've been you know right there on the sideline for you know all. Oh yeah, Michigan just invites invites media and fans out to to every practice and lets us input our two cents into everything they're doing too. There you go. Totally kidding, obviously, but yeah, I mean, obviously, we've had no uh, no access to the team during besides Zoom calls um, during during the spring, and we haven't really gotten much in details regarding what this new defense is looking like if there's going to be any significant shakeups on offense but I guess we got a little bit of some context here for for the the defense uh earlier this week um, when we spoke with Taylor Upshaw 
sounds like Michigan's ed ru- edge rushers will play more uh, of a two-point stance this year rather than their hand in the dirt, and, and that includes Aiden Hutchinson. So it's looking like, um, yeah, they're kind of transitioning to more of an outside linebacker role. And, and Which means upsells. what? Which means what? Because you got into the weeds a little bit there right. for, for maybe some of our listeners. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not insulting any of them. I'm just saying, okay, what, what will that mean on the field if they're, if they're, if they, this change in technique? It seems minor so, but yeah yeah so more like the, the josh uche role so you're not you're not you don't have your 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 hand in, in the dirt so you're kind of just you're you're upright and and r- rushing the the pass passer without kind of crouching down and, and getting low so yeah so we'll, we'll we'll see exactly what that looks like but yeah i mean it, don't be surprised if you don't see aiden hutchinson lined up on the edge getting off the ball right away from down in the dirt next year so and he also said that they kind of gave them. He gave the the group a, a, a new nickname called the the Reapers. It's a, they said that they've been dominant in in spring practices. Obviously, we have no idea if that has been the case, but that group includes Aiden Hutchinson, Mike Morris, David Ojabo, Jalen Harrell, Braden McGregor, and walk on Nolan Knight. So a lot of those guys are former defensive ends. Some of them are are, are uh, linebackers as well. So that's kind of what those the new roles will, will be, and we'll see. I mean, not a lot of experience there outside of Aiden and obviously Upshaw got in a little bit last year, but uh, still a lot of inexperience. But the, the big news of the week is, is two more transfers that uh, that are um, leaving the program and can't say they're, that they're too surprising. One of them is, is who was a freshman last year, linebacker William Mohan. Uh, he was kind of brought in under Don Brown to – to fill that Viper role, which is no longer u- utilized in this new Mike McDonald defense. So, I mean, given the, the new scheme, it's, this isn't too, too surprising. I know I remember last spring, everyone was, was raving about William and his nickname was Apache Mohan, mm-hmm. but he, he saw the field in game one against Minnesota and saw one snap and, and never saw the field again. So can't say that's too surprising and, and safety Hunter Reynolds, a, a fifth year senior, Formal walk-on uh, also entered the portal, and he he played more of a, a bigger role than than most people expected last year, just because of injuries and, and lack of production in the secondary. Had 16 tackles with 11 coming in the season finale against Penn State, so another depth option there in the secondary that is has decided to leave, and and that's 10 scholarship players since since December that have uh, are leaving the program. Which I mean, no nobody that has left is like kind of a, a bona fide star or standout on the team. But I mean, the, the depth is really starting to, to take a hit here. I mean, whether it's Zach Charbonnet at running back, uh, Joe Milton at quarterback. I mean, obviously they brought in a, a new graduate transfer in Alan Bowman, but I mean, receiver Giles Jackson, I mean, he was their, their best returner the last couple of years and, and, and played a role on offense. So they're going to have to find a, a new guy to, to return kicks. And, and it's an opportunity for, for other receivers to step up. Zach Carpenter started a couple games at, at center last year and he's off to Indiana. So, I mean, there's, there's some pieces here that, that you don't really want to see leave just because it could have a, an impact on your depth. So we'll see if they're when spring practices end this week, if there's any more transfers that they'll happen and I, I'm sure there will. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you have comparison to other Big Ten schools or whatever? I mean, I, like you know, you see these things on social media. I, I saw someone note, you know, Jawan Howard, he's they're the only Big Ten team that doesn't have any players in the transfer portal. You know, Jim Arbaugh in Michigan, they've got, yeah, eight, nine, ten guys in there. Now, 
course, there are reasons Michigan's season went so late that, you know, all right, now their offseason is beginning for guys to start weighing their their decisions. But yeah, I mean, that seems like a lot, but I guess that's just, that's college football these days. I mean, it's right. really, yeah, I mean. Yeah, and it's not like they've they've brought in a, a bunch of guys to kind of replace them either. Uh, I know they brought in Willie Allen last year, who's who's practicing with the team, an offensive lineman, and, and obviously Bowman. But so far, pretty sure those are the only two that they have brought into the program. But yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure about other other uh, other teams, but that's definitely something to look into for next podcast or a future story. Yes, ab- absolutely. It's just. Uh... You know, they they didn't change their head coach. Is my point. That's usually when you have things, but they did change the coordinator, and I think that mm-hmm. makes a that makes a big a big difference. I'm going to pull up right now. I'm pulling up Dustin Johnson's opening tee shot, and that looks like it's in the rough to me. Oh boy, that looks like it's it, it, it's hard to tell. It's you know, there's kind of two cuts of it, but uh, I don't know. It's a different color grass than the. If it's not, if it's yeah, if it's, it's a different color that, grass, it's not the fair. What 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 club did he hit? Yeah, it changes. That's the rough. That is the rough. He hit an iron, Ryan. He hit an iron like you said he would. Gosh (sighs) darn it. (laughs) Uh, I I don't play golf for a full year sometimes between my rounds, and I hit the fairway on the the first hole. Queensbury Golf Club in Queensbury, New York. Ridiculous. All right. Well, that that can be our transition point to to softball unless there there is more football news to discuss. Nope, that's that's kind of the biggest thing of the week here. So yeah, let's get into a little little softball note and overall athletic department notes here. Yeah. So what what is going on? I mean, you've got your story here at Michigan Softball on track to resume play this week after COVID nineteen pause. Uh, this is something we've become very familiar with, of course, from the football and basketball seasons, and now starting to starting to happen with the the spring sports as well. But what was their pause all about? Last week's four-game series against Michigan State was postponed because of COVID issues. Um, we spoke with uh, head coach Carol Hutchins on Tuesday. Uh, she didn't get a, give any details about how many positives, if there was positive, just that there was an issue with the program. But unlike the, the basketball, or the women's basketball team, when they had to shut down because of COVID-19 issues and, and maybe some other teams, because they were an outdoor sport, they were still able during the pause to still do – team workouts in small groups, even, even during the, the pause, uh, because it is an outdoor sport. So they never had to completely stop practicing, but they, they aired on the side of caution and, and postponed the four game series, which has since been rescheduled. And they are on track to play Ohio state this weekend, starting on Friday. And some even better news. I, I asked Hutch if, uh, yeah, now that the vaccines are rolling out, are any of your players kind of getting, getting vaccinated and she said yeah uh yesterday so tuesday and wednesday players were were getting a handful of players were getting vaccinated and i followed up with the head of communications in the department and he said kroger offered uh, the university a thousand doses over the holiday weekend to be put in arms of faculty and, and student athletes or students at, at michigan um so he said it wasn't just specifically reserved for athletics but right. Um, all student athletes were eligible, so I'm sure a, a few, a uh, few in other sports were also kind of getting that that first shot of the vaccine, which is great news. And hopefully, uh, more can can get can get vaccinated to limit any future pauses for for these teams, because I know I know that's it's tough when these teams get games postponed or have to pause and, and can't resume full activities. So, yeah, I know we've got listeners all over the country. Um, uh, the 
status here in Michigan right now, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not I mean, good. This is, it's, well, yes. There's, well, there's two things I was going to say. All right. Yes, COVID numbers, not good right now. But vaccine availability, I mean, this is a reason, uh, you know, the three of us were able to either just had it or about to get it, is good. I mean, there's if you're an adult right now, college-aged at least, I guess, adult 18 or up yes you can you can get it basically i mean you can you can get an appointment in the pretty near future at you know a local cvs or something like that as opposed to just you know even a couple weeks ago it was still kind of reserved for people with conditions or of a certain age so that's the good news and that's that's kind of what you're saying about as as far as it coming to you know the the students and therefore the student athlete population at Michigan. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we, we see what the numbers, we see the statistics on what vaccines do, you know, they'll continue, I'm sure to implement some social distancing policies. They'll continue to wear, you know, masks in the dugout and things like that, because that's still what's, you know, recommended by the CDC, but you're going to see, you know, the transmission rates and, and infection rates go, go down significantly. This is a good thing. Very much so. So that's where things stand with softball. Yeah. I mean, any other, you know, spring or, or I don't know, post winter sports topics to touch on before we wrap no, up? No, we'll, we'll have plenty of time this spring to dive more in, into those. So, absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. <laughs>